Did you know on the Unmute Podcast Network every Friday, Lynn sits down and chats about three tech news stories that caught her attention over the last week. If you're interested in a quick recap of stories you may not have heard, check out Friday Finds with Lynn every Friday. Find Unmute in your favorite podcast app and send us an email to feedback at unmute.show with stories you think Lynn should check out. Stay abreast with this week's news updates. Hey, all Marty here. And today we're going to be talking about the Braille Doodle. But first, Lynn is with us today and she's going to be mostly conducting this interview. So Lynn, say hello. Hello, everybody. And this is with really us. Exciting. Very, yes, very definitely. interesting. Yep. And we definitely also have a great guest today. And his name is Daniel Lubiner. He's the creator of the Braille Doodle. Say hello, Daniel. Hello, everyone. Happy to be here. Yeah. And thanks for being here. We really appreciate it. And Lynn, why don't you take it away? Hi. Now, Daniel, this piece of equipment is really interesting to me. I'm a Braille user. Mm -hmm. And I sort of had heard of this, um, the Braille Doodle, but I didn't really know a whole lot about it. First of all, I'm wondering if you could give us kind of a description of it, because um, I'm trying to picture it in my head from the research I did. Of course, of course. Okay. So it's it's a two-sided tablet, okay? Uh, it's about the size of a laptop. So if you picture like a large laptop. Uh, and on the surface, there are hundreds of holes. And inside each hole is a little BB, like a, a little metal, metal ball, right? Mm -hmm. That you pull to the surface with a magnetic stylus. So as you're dragging the magnetic stylus over the surface, the little balls pop up. So you someone said it's like a modern, someone said it was like a modern day etch a sketch. Mm -hmm. right. Or, yeah, or we have like, you know, sort of a playful name that we give it, like the etch a sketch for the blind. Mm, <laughs> Everybody knows the etch a sketch. But that is, you know, cool. But, you know, it, it's, and it became just very exciting the idea of being to draw uh, anything and just, you know, be able to feel as you draw. And then when you want to erase something, you just push the balls down and they go right back down. And there's no power needed for this, right? It's just strictly. No. Right. It's strictly, strictly all mechanical. So everything that's inside of it, it was just designed to have tiny little springs that hold up the balls just right, you know. And that was like, I, I call it the $60,000 question. Because uh, mm -hmm. it was how to get those balls to hold up just right. And it cost about $60,000 for us wow. to wow. figure that out. And, you know, it took more than a year to figure it out. Actually, we're still going, but, you know, <laughs> we're getting it. So we got the hundreds of holes where you have the magnetic stylus. And on one side is for the learning and teaching of Braille. You know, and I really wanted to design something that could be sort of intuitive, like you take it out of the box and start experiencing Braille and start feeling what Braille is right out of the box. 
um, like for a child. So it has the entire alphabet, um, some sight words and stuff, and it has a, so these are jumbo braille cells. So each letter has uh, two jumbo braille cells. In one of the jumbo braille cells, only the A or B or C, only those dots will come up. So you'll have, you'll feel all the dots, the six dots, but only the A will come up. And then the dot with the braille cell next to it, you have to copy that. So it's oh, like the idea of teaching that, you know, I've been doing for many years is like doing that modeling and doing and repetition, model do mm-hmm. repetition, you know. So, so you you're have, sort of encouraging the student to look at patterns and, you know, pay attention to the pattern and then try to replicate the pattern themselves. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then on the bottom of the Braille doodle, uh, on the Braille side are two lines of 20 Braille cells. Um, so that is one thing that I saw was like missing in this world because a lot, a lot of times, you know, these things are invented and they're not, they don't talk to the teachers. These are not people who sat with students for hours and hours and hours. Mm-hmm. You know, these are just people who say, oh, I'm going to make something that's be really good, you know. Right, but right. when you're teaching, like uh, reading and writing, you don't just teach the letters, right? You said A, A, C, C, C. Okay, you got the letters, or you don't teach two letters at a time. You you could, but then you have to actually move on to words. You know, mm-hmm, <laughs> you mm-hmm. have to put those letters together. And then from words, you actually have to move on to sentences, Mm -hmm. right? So the natural progression is that you're teaching see, at, cat, and then you rhyming the words, right? Cat, fat, sat, Mm -hmm. mat, Mm -hmm. and then you're making a sentence. The fat cat sat on a mat. Mm -hmm. Great! You just are writing something you're reading something you know and it's that kind of success and that kind of like um you know where you're you're moving forward and you got the the you know students excited and they could just repeat it and do it over and over again you know that that's what makes for uh something that's really good instruction in reading and writing now these are larger braille cells, so you know they're they're jumbo braille cells. But we're going to have examples of braille all over the unit. So underneath those two lines, there's going to be the full alphabet in uh, standard size braille, and also the sentence. Uh, what is that sentence? The brown fox jumps over the lazy dog. Lazy dog's back. Yeah, it's that classic <laughs> sentence where you could find every letter in there, and you could. But it really it will help so you really get a, a sense of what standard braille feels like with you know the spacing between words yes. and punctuation. It's like you were saying, like it's not enough to just teach people the the braille letters, right? You have to. You also have to get them used to having the letters together in a 
word or a, or a sentence or, you know, something right. like that. So exactly. it's different. Yeah. You just, instead of just focusing on letters one at a time, you know, you're putting them together and you're seeing that pattern as, you know, a cluster of letters together. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty awesome. And finding so, the patterns of words. I like the way you're saying patterns, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, not only the patterns of the dots, but the way words work. Uh, we used to call them like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches because you have it like an ending and a beginning and the, the peanut butter and jelly in the middle, like boat, like OA and, you know, the way B and T are like the bread, you know. I was just interested to know if this could be used. I know that um, typically you're talking about using it with kids, but I'm wondering if it could be a tool as well for um, Braille, uh, adult Braille literacy. Absolutely. You You know, that's that's just our top secret information. You know, (laughs) know Mm -hmm. that it's it's really, uh, you know, our focus has been on children at first because, you know, people kind of get excited and involved when it comes to children. And, you know, but this is going to be just wonderful for adults, uh, for parents of blind children because they're going to also have all the print letters are there. So immediately right out of the box, the parents become teachers, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's going to be great for newly blind adults, as you said, to, you know, for, for just experimenting in a no, no pressure way, you know, mm-hmm. just feeling what it's like to read Braille. Um, because I feel like, you know, a lot of times if you're an adult, you might feel like, oh, you know, I don't, I can't do this. You know, it's just like, mm-hmm. I'm done. I can't do this. I'll just listen to books. And, and you know, I, I do have to point out, you know, for your audience and that I'm cited, you know, so I was a teacher for many, many years. And then I taught uh, kids who are blind and low vision. So I like have surrounded myself though with people uh like on my team is a person who went blind in his 50s uh another one who went blind as a child and someone who was born blind you know it's just very important to have all those perspectives and be talking about that constantly and what do you think of this what do you think of that and how do you picture that how could this be useful in a different way because um, it seems to me that, um, you know, one of the things I noticed is that teaching blind adults Braille is is kind of r- quite a challenge. And do we have any research or evidence on what works in teaching Braille? I mean, d- have we ever really studied this or is this something we need to study better? You know, it's, it's definitely something we need to study better and i really think uh i wish matthew was matthew uh bullis is uh has now been my chief experience officer but he you know for many years he's been a teacher of braille for adults and he you know he has just taught me so much already about 
what he's been doing. And it's just very slow going and it's patience, but, you know, a lot of people could get there, you know, that's something he emphasizes is like, don't think that, you know, uh, that you can't do it because you can, it's, it's, it's in anybody, you know, and he's also, I, I like this. He's like, you know, you have to learn Braille, Daniel. I'm like, of course, I'm trying, you know, I'm getting it together. But he's like, no, you have to learn Braille. You have to learn how to uh, read it with your fingers. Right. Uh, and uh, uh, that's that was like a real interesting thought to me because like, yes, of course, like that that makes sense. Like if I'm trying to think about how like a newly blind adult would start off with something like this and get into reading braille then i should be able to do it myself yeah that's a good point and even i always say even if adult blind adults maybe they can't learn the whole ueb code but if they could even just learn enough so they could read a label or learn enough so that they could do right some right. basic things you know what i mean so yeah you know um, and find I know your that, hotel room find right. you know which which bathrooms which are just right. little simple exactly. things this yeah, is the office things. of this person yeah it's like know, being so. out in public and being knowing enough braille to be able to you know go in the elevator open mm -hmm. a door into the correct yeah. office you're going into or any kind of thing like that Right. And one of the challenges I know with adult learners is that a lot of them, a lot of folks have diabetes. So they've lost, they may have lost some of the um, feeling in their fingertips. How does, could you explain like these, um, the balls that the metal balls that are pushed up by the stylus? Yeah. The people are excited about that because with the adults, and I'm glad we're talking about this a lot because, you know, um, like I was just at the NFB convention, right down in Houston, and we had we had a lot of adults coming up, and they they're pretty excited about it because they can feel the balls very very nicely. Mm -hmm. They're mm -hmm. very distinct, you know. So you can really get that idea of the shape of what they're like. And another thing I tried to do, which I'm probably going to try and build upon in the future, is that the the cells on top that give you all the samples are actually a little bit larger than the cells on the bottom rows. Mm -hmm. So you get that one step of like going from a little bit larger to a little bit smaller. And then, you know, hopefully that'll get you on the step down to uh, to regular size braille. The size, right? So you're starting out with a larger size, so that people can get those patterns in their brain, right? Mm -hmm. And then you can sort of, you know, shrink it down to a reading, more of a braille reading. So I'm wondering, how did you come up with the idea of the braille doodle? If I, if I could just finish one thing, though, we haven't talked about, like, one of the most exciting things, which is, like, you flip it over, and it's just, like, a whole array of holes. Oh, that's dots. cool. <laughs> so you've that's got just really cool. 500 
and 84, I think, different mm-hmm. dots that cool you thing about can just that. take it it's just draw circles. You can That's what I, I did. Eventually, I was going to ask you that because I'm involved in a craft group. Oh, and um, it's a blind crafters uh, group. And I was wondering, you know, a lot of us, I think, and it's especially like I was born totally blind. Mm-hmm. And I think that what would be really awesome, I think what a lot of us really would like to have is a as a the ability to create graphical representations or interpret graphical representations of things rather than just text. Right. Um, so the, that was a question it, I was going to ask. I might actually have to bring this back to my crafting group because the idea yeah. of doodling, the idea of just, you know, I mean, sighted people do this. They, they'll take a, a pencil and while they're sitting on hold waiting for the doctor to, you know, come online or whatever, they're, they're doodling, right? They're it's sitting kind there of with funny because little... I'm doodling right now. I'm doing I'm <laughs> making little stars yeah. as a, in purple. Because it, it, it helps me relax because I'm always like drawing and like messing around. But you, you're perfectly right. And that's, you know, it was the joy of teaching art that really, you know, brought this to life. Um, so I was an art teacher for the blind and low vision. And, you know, working with these students were just, is just very inspirational. And it really, enlightened me in so many different ways on and how it's really cool we could that you experience have, the wall yeah the like the the art background and the education background you know when you combine those together that's just a really cool synergy you know that you you like have you, both of those perspectives yeah i you know and it's really just also like being inspired directly and being open-minded to these the children and the adults that you're working with you know so you're not like trying to come up with these ideas and testing and guessing and testing you know it's all about like experiencing it and doing it along the way and and another thing like we could do with the back, I mean, it opens up a whole bunch of possibilities. And then, you know, it just became like a snowball effect of what we could do. So you have all mathematics, graphing, you know, there's nothing out there that could do even simple bar graphs that you can mm-hmm. manipulate, right? You right, have to I be know handed a bar graph and... Well, go ahead. Uh, there it? are some. I know that there are some digital um, projects now. Like I, I'm sure you've heard of the Monarch, right. where they're trying to um, get graphics to be more, you know. But the problem with those is that I, the Monarch, I haven't heard a price tag on that thing. <laughs> I know we've seen a price tag on yours. Um, 20, I mean, obviously 000, the. Uh... Yeah, something like that. Like, basically, you you go to a thing and you listen to it, and it sounds great. And then when you hear the price, you're like, okay, I just wasted my time because there is no way I will ever be able to afford that. Mm. Um, so I think in in with yours, it's like totally analog, right? There's no, right. I mean, you know, you don't have to plug it in. You don't have to. 
Yeah, we had a Kickstarter going where and we're still in pre-sales where you could get it for under $85. So that's you know, after it goes out to distributors, like I know AT guys is gonna carry it. You know, they need to also do their markup. Uh so we're looking at retail probably around 150 or so. Mm-hmm. But still for something like this. It's like unheard of. So that's another way I really want to be disruptive. And, you know, it kind of disgusts me that some of these prices, I mean, the way the way it's like evolved over time, just like how the state has reimbursed certain things, the government reimbursed certain things. So we got to raise the prices. So you end up with a braille cell, a wooden thing with pegs in it for $70, mm-hmm. you know, and Can you describe the stylus to me. Um, is it like, I know what I've, I've used the Slayton stylus, but I'm trying to picture what this stylus looks like. Is it, it's more like it a pen. A, Okay. It's more like uh you're you're gripping a, a fat pen and it mm-hmm. has a uh you know uh sort of magnetic uh rounded end that that slides over the surface. Um you don't have to press down or anything. You it just pulls and it you know naturally pulls the ball up. Um right. So do you um do you would you like I, I know you've I don't know if you've ever used a Slayton stylus, but yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, so when you're using the stylus, you do it from underneath of the platform, or, or no, the- uh, it's actually you know just the opposite. Instead of okay. pushing down things and feeling them from behind, you're pulling things up, up, oh, okay. and the things pop up so you could feel them. As, as you go, um, oh, that's one, pretty cool. One cool thing that I I did bring in for my students um, was the plastic like paper that's on the rubber. Yeah, the thermoform paper. Yeah, yeah. So it's I like on a rubbery surface. <laughs> yeah. So you pull <laughs> that stylus over it, and the and the lines pop up and everything. Mm-hmm. So you know the students enjoyed that. You know. But um, so it's something like that, but something that you also, you know, can just do repeatedly, repeatedly, you know, just push back down. Oh, I made a mistake. Let's just push that down. And that also, like, one thing I, uh, one of our saying is blindness is a spectrum. Literacy is a right, you know, because I really also feel like that's also uh, ignored a lot of times is that you know so many people are on this spectrum where they have some usable vision so you know and a lot of products are either you're blind or you get a magnifying glass you know or, or a mag electric magnifier but my students and- wanted to use all their senses they want to like get their noses down into the paint, you know, get their noses dirty and and, and they just want to do everything. So using as many senses or as uh, many things as you can to have input is always 
a beautiful thing. So this would be high contrast silver on dark blue. So those with uh, some vision can still be able to make things out. And I, I think what's interesting as well is that, you know, I'm always concerned as a blind adult um, for the kids. I mean, we're using a lot of text to speech because it's inexpensive, it's easy, you know, it's available. But I don't know, without teaching these kids Braille, I really don't know how they're going to learn how to spell. I mean, that's my concern. Like, you know, people it say- It is horrifying. To me, yeah. it's like, it goes, you know, it goes from, uh, it went from concerning to when I first heard about it. And now it's just plain disturbing, you right. know, uh, when you hear about these numbers and why the numbers are the way they are, you know, oh, they're two-sided right now to be learning Braille. They could get by with large print. And I think, you know, Kirk Adams, who's you know been an advocate for 30, 40 years, um, you know, he has a great way to put it. He's like, if you can't read print, as quickly as a sighted person, then you need to learn Braille. Um, and Braille is just as important as print is to a sighted person. You know, where are we surrounded by print? We're surrounded by everything when, when we're children. And blind children need to be surrounded by the Braille from the moment that they start exploring. Um, it's, and it's that important. And what you were saying about not learning to spell, not learning to write in a correct way. I mean, I, I had many, many students, you know, who graduated high school, mind you, but would have trouble writing a good email. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you know, we talk about this unemployment rate and how we're going to solve it and we're going to do this or that. But if if a kid is graduating high school now and they're not able to write a good email, like what type of future do we have for this kid? And yeah. I, I'm also can only looking hope at that this. Yeah. AI well, is going to help them. <laughs> thing I can, you know, it's like, oh, that wow. that is going to be helpful. You know, but yeah. at the same time, the more we're relying on this technology to take it over, there's a danger to that, too, because that's that's what's been happening to Braille as well, is it's being like, say, OK, well, we have talking books. We have this, you know, we don't necessarily need Braille. Uh, yeah, we do. Yes, we really do. Yeah, people need noticed, to learn how to read you know, and write like I, and I have a mantis right in front of me right now. Mm -hmm. And I notice when I am reading news stories with it, the, the types of things that I have learned how to spell. If I were just reading with, you know, text to speech, I would really miss out on a lot. I, I remember Punxsutawney Phil, you know, like Groundhog Day. Mm -hmm. I'm like, if I had to spell that without seeing it, to save my life, I, I would have no clue how to spell it. 
Mm-hmm. So I think I think that is, you know, it's it's something that I think probably educational systems are trying to make do things as cheaply as possible, as quickly as possible. And Braille is one of those things that I think it's easy yeah. to it's easy to say it's not important, but we know, and you know, as a teacher, and I know as an adult, a blind adult, that it's very important. Yeah, it's extremely important. And, you know, I think you're, you know, people are also forgetting about how the brain develops and how we learn things as we're growing up, as, you know, childhood develops. And if, if you're reading, it's it's doing different things to your brain and you're learning mm-hmm. than if you're just listening to something, if you're just having that audio input. It's yeah. it's just like a whole different thing. So, you know, everybody should have the right to learn Braille. And the fact that only 10% of children in the United States, I mean, it's it's just ridiculous and in you know i've gone and we want to go very international with this because you know another exciting thing is because we could put covers on the back we could put like stencils on it we could put stencils to teach braille in any language right so i could bring it to india and i did (laughs) but we discussed how we could teach hindi uh by just using different covers and in india they have uh this just crazy amount of blind children and blind adults uh because they have just such a large population and it's it's uh you know the healthcare, everything so there's a lot of reasons behind that but but they have only less than 1% of children are learning Braille mm-hmm. and, you know, less than 1% of adults know Braille. So if I could just get them like this, is not going to get them fluent in Braille. This is not going to get them to, you know, be reading, writing, you know, but it's going to open up a world to them. You know, it's a, to me, it's like as big as like, when when there was slavery in the united states the slaves were denied to be able to read or write uh be, and learn how to read and write because it would give them power yep they say knowledge is power and it's right. true and and if you don't have the means to acquire that knowledge because you can't fully you know read or or Right. I, I don't really know how blind kids that don't learn Braille, I don't really know how they develop the, those literacy skills. I mean, maybe you know, I'm old school, I guess, and maybe it's different today. But anyway, I'm not going to get on my rant because this is your show, not mine. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, I, but, I, Go ahead. Um, but I did want to get back to, you know, how you ended up coming up with this, uh, the idea of the Braille doodle. Um as yeah, well sure. as the touch, the um, you know, the touchpad pro, I know was the kind of a right, laptop right. thing. That's well, I'll go through that story a little bit. So, um, I started out as a child, uh, 
that that was a joke. Uh, it was an old joke. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> no, I've always been into the arts and performing. I've always loved that. But you know, um, after a while, I wanted to have a family, so I decided to become a teacher, special ed teacher. So for uh, actually about how many years? Eighteen years. I taught special education. Uh, so I taught kids of all different ages and all different ability levels. Um, and teaching reading was really, really cool to me, you know, because we really had to had to take kids who are like non-readers, you know, didn't know their first letters and introduce their first letters and introduce their first words. And even if they had severe learning disabilities or or Down syndrome or dyslexia, like how how can we you know, make it so it's accessible for these kids. And the most powerful ways were always multi-sensory, like bring in a big box of sand or bring in a, you know, uh, clay that they could play with. So that sort of ingrained, got ingrained into my uh, teaching. And then, you know, I ended up teaching at the New York Institute for Special Education in the Bronx. And at first I was teaching the emotionally disturbed population. And then the person, the art teacher for the blind got promoted. And they said, well, can you teach art to all the kids? And it was actually not really a question. It was like, <laughs> so now you're going to mm-hmm. teach art to all the kids. Uh, you know, so you're going to have like, you know, these classes of emotionally disturbed kids and, you know, plus you're going to have about a hundred blind and low vision kids of all different age levels who will come in. And I was scared. I was like, what the heck am I going to do? You know, I've never worked with blind or low vision children or adults ever before. So but once I got in there and I started working with them, they they just, you know, they're like, so quickly I got really comfortable and they made me understand that they're not blind kids and blind teenagers. They're just kids and teenagers, right. <laughs> you know, right. they had the teenagers have crushes and want to make out in the hallways and stuff, you know, <laughs> the, the children want to play and have mm-hmm. fun and they're not like worried about like being blind all the time, you know, it's right. like the first thing on their mind, you know, so mm-hmm. it, it was just, again, very just enlightening for me to, to start learning about these things. So, and then the pandemic hit, right? And the then everybody went home. So the pandemic hit, everybody goes home. Well, actually, when when I was teaching there, let me back up a little bit. So I was teaching there and I started thinking like, there's so much missing with these kids. And before I knew about anything like the monarch or the graffiti, I started thinking like, what if they had like the perfect iPad for the blind? What if there was nothing, no money in the way we could use like engineers that like put uh, things on the moon and stuff like that. What if we could do that and just make something that would be, 
awesome for people on the low vision spectrum. It could be full color. It could be, you know, it could have pins that come out of the surface, like, like at hundreds of different levels. Like if you take a photograph of yourself, your face would come out of the surface and you could feel the contours of your nose and your mouth and your chin. So this just became a dream and sort of an obsession of mine that I just started drawing and, you know, trying to work out and researching and seeing how I could do that. Um, and we're getting somewhere. We're, so that remains the dream to someday do that, you know. I think a lot of us share that dream. Yeah. Um, you know, to get that we all want to get a more graphical um you know, picture of our environment. Um, and especially those of us who are totally blind, um, you know, just having a, a sense of what shapes certain things are, what certain animals are, you know, um, just, right, right. you know, that graphical, um, that more graphical three-dimensional, I guess you could say, uh, representation of your environment uh, is absolutely is really an awesome and thing. I, I i just think you know even though they're coming out with things like the monarch and some of the other you know if you just have the two and a half dimensions it's it's still it's not going to be enough you know because if you say okay there's a face on the surface right now of the monarch. Uh, there, there's a face here. So can you feel the face? I'm like, well, it's just like a bunch of squiggly lines. Like a right blob there. of, um, yeah, like a blob. <laughs> so, I know that's, right. that's kind of how, but I mean, I think if you start young with these kids, maybe they will get a better right. representation. And, you know? and that's a, another thing with the, the Braille doodle that we're hoping, like it could be a great introduction to what these graphics will be like. But what I was saying about the touchpad pro, see, I, I start going all over the place, but <laughs> is that if you have like the full contours of things that you can like really touch like your own face, and then you could understand how the contours like become more like a sculpture, then, then that I think will be much uh, greater understanding of right. tactile graphics mm -hmm. than if it's just 2D, you know? And, you know, it, but we're talking about something that's going to be like $10 million just to, and maybe more in the future. So it's going to take a way to really convince people that this is this this needs to happen that you know we could take the money that it would take to build one missile and <laughs> actually mm -hmm. do something wonderful something good for the world yep yeah, yeah. Um, so i was wondering what what ex were some of the challenges um challenges that you faced in developing these tools the the um, the braille doodle braille right? doodle and the you know, what yeah. were some of the big challenges that you had to face? Oh, well, the Braille Besides doodle, money. <laughs> yeah, that was a big one. Uh, yeah, well, what, as I was saying, is my long ex 
you know, extensive story that you would have to try and cut down to 25 minutes or, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> is that, you know, when the pandemic hit, I was like, these kids have nothing. They have nothing in their hands. You know, we couldn't teach art. You can't teach like Braille or anything like that. So I had this toy from Amazon. So you could get it on Amazon now. It's called MagTab. You know, mm-hmm. oh. it's the same type of concept. It's like $20, you know, but it just, when you touch the balls, the balls fall fall right down so it's made Mm -hmm. for sighted kids to have fun with something like this Mm -hmm. like a drawing Mm -hmm. toy and you know of course there was no braille involved so but that was an inspiration to me but it was also one of the biggest challenges because people are saying oh you invented something that's already invented i'm like no 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 you have to understand you know i'm taking something and i'm improving on it you know so it will be useful for those no, no, it's already out there. In fact, I use it, you know, mm-hmm. you know, so that was a big challenge. But the the biggest challenge, yes, was getting money, getting people to invest in it uh, was impossible. So to try to find investors, they're like, well, how am I getting my money back? How am I making more money? You know, so that's when we switched over and I made it into a nonprofit. So we are the touchpad pro foundation and it became a great thing because now, you know, I, I'm not interested in, you know, being a billionaire now, you know, I just want to get these out there and it'd just be wonderful to have this foundation now where we have the ability to take revenues and just put it back into the machine and get these out to kids who can't afford them or who, you know, have trouble, uh, who have trouble affording them or so we could keep this price down low, you know? So now everything's being handled by the foundation. So we did get some generous donors eventually to get through the, uh, the, prototyping phase and so we got through that and now we're at manufacturing but you know even at manufacturing it's going to cost like a hundred thousand dollars to get over that next hump so that's when we had the kickstarter so now we have pre-sales we've sold over thirty-seven thousand dollars worth of products already mm-hmm. and that's that's pretty cool without having you know the actual products out yet you know so I'm just very excited about this. We're definitely moving in the right direction, and we hope to have these out by Christmas, uh, so on doorsteps uh, by Christmas. And Yeah, this is know. going to be exciting. All right. So, uh, yeah, so that's that's the whole story. You get a pretty much good idea of what, what it's like, and, you know, anybody could pre-order it now, and I, I – I would like you to because you're also you're helping the foundation, but you're also getting this at very low price right now because uh, you're pre-ordering it. Um, so you go to touchpadprofoundation.org. Uh, if you Google Braille Doodle, it'll also come up and you'll be able to find it. But touchpadprofoundation.org, and you fill out a little form, and we'll guarantee you that that low price. Um, but 
thank you so much. I, I know I talk a lot, so. No, this is great. <laughs> this is awesome. Really, this is terrific. No, do you Daniel, have thank any... you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. Yeah, we really no do problem. appreciate it. This is really interesting, and I can't wait to get my hands on, on one of these Braille doodles. All right, everyone. Well, thanks so much for being here. We appreciate it. And if you're interested, check out the Braille Doodle and all the things Daniel has going on. Lynn, thanks so much yeah. for sure. the interview today. And uh, we'll see you guys next time.